Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Jessica Hazeman podcast. I am so excited because I'm going to be sitting down with Anya Jensen, who recently changed my whole thought process on buying shoes. And she knows so much about barefoot shoes, as well as how to have healthy, happy feet. Um, So without further ado, I'm going to welcome her to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm super excited to be talking about all of the things barefoot. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So I want to start off by asking like the really big question of why is the health of your foot so important? That's a good question. And that's the best question because the question, the conversation really should focus around feet instead of around the shoes because the feet are really what's important. So the feet are the foundation of our bodies, like quite literally, and they bear the brunt of all of our weight. And whenever we're standing or walking or running, which we do a lot of, we should at least, you know, a lot of us are trying to do more of that, right? So having feet that are mobile, that are adaptive, that can absorb shock as we step and that are strong enough to sort of support themselves and support everything above them, uh, it has a really big impact on how we feel when we're moving. And so a lot of common foot ailments can, I mean, not everything, but you know, a lot of really common foot ailments can really easily be improved in some ways by addressing just the functioning and the strength and the mobility of our feet. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. When we were, um, my husband and I went to Bali, Indonesia for our honeymoon and there was like a yoga practice. And in this yoga practice, they really focused on like moving all parts of your body and Mm -hmm. everything from like your fingertips that you're not really like intentionally strengthening all the way down to your toes. And we started like doing foot exercises where you like lift each toe and you try to like I mean, you try to lift each toe, even just doing that is hard. And so like we've known in the back of our minds, like, okay, the health of your feet is important, but we never really like actively um, were doing anything until we came across that, that concept. Why do you think it is so like hush hush? Like, I feel like nobody is talking about the health of your feet. And why is that? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And that's cool. That experience that you had on your honeymoon sounds like a pretty epic trip. Um, but I, I think it it does seem to be sort of a Western cultural thing where we're always covering our feet. And it's like, because it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, we've got some, you know, there's sort of some like sensitivity, like cultural issues of like, they're gross. Mm-hmm. or they're fetishized, like kind of the extremes of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just not something that a lot of people think about. And so it's really interesting when you have that conversation with someone and they take their shoes and socks off and then they try and lift those toes. And it's like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that I didn't have that ability. Like, you know, like you yeah. would know, you would know if your fingers weren't moving, right? Yeah. You know, but but the fact that we're so desensitized from our feet and so detached that you cannot have mobility and not even know it is right? pretty crazy. That yeah. is crazy. So I, I like I want to first talk about like somebody who, you know, doesn't have problems, like you said, doesn't know that anything is wrong. How are, like how can they start to support the health of their foot? Yeah. So I think that a lot of people come to barefoot shoes and this whole foot health thing 
because of injury, mm-hmm. but a, a lot of people also come just for comfort because they're having trouble finding their shoes, mm-hmm. but then uh, finding shoes that fit well. But then there's a third branch of people that are looking for optimization. So it's like mm-hmm. injury prevention down the road, you know, especially if you're an athlete or improved athletics or just sort of, um, you know, not, even if you're not technically, you don't consider yourself an athletic person. Like you just want to be able to walk longer or, you know, things like that. You don't want to be tired, your feet tired at the end of the day. There's, there's things that you can do that will make a big difference. And you might not have thought that foot exercises could do that for you, Mm -hmm. but they can. So really basic stuff like trying to move your toes individually is really helpful. Trying to be barefoot more often, like on specifically outside on textures, or if you have textures inside your house, you could do that inside too, because that nerve stimulation is really important and can be really impactful. Um, So those are kind of the main things is getting those, parts moving again and then getting the nerves stimulated that those are sort of like entry level you know basic ways to get going yeah so is there like a a speed in which you do that because I know like I just got my first barefoot shoes and Mm -hmm. a lot of people were like you're going from normal shoes straight to barefoot shoes. And for me, I knew like, okay, I've been doing foot exercises for a while. I'm the type of person who like, we look at so many weird looks on our night walks because we both my husband and I walk barefoot and Uh it's like, I mean, 50 degrees out now. So it's a little chilly, but we're like, it's so important to walk barefoot. We're constantly trying to. So I knew that like my feet could handle the barefoot shoes. But for somebody who is like, okay, I, I wore normal tennis shoes, like really not worked on this. Should you kind of first be trying to do exercises or barefoot walking? Like how do you go into it without doing too much? Yeah, I think the most important thing is just pay attention. You know, there is no prescriptive way to go about it. And it really can be done in a lot of different ways. So you can start like you did by going on walks barefoot as is comfortable. You know, don't torture yourself. Like if you need to put shoes on after a certain period of time, go ahead, but, you know, sort of experimenting with being barefoot outside and doing those foot exercises, like easiest way to get going. You could do that before you have a new pair of shoes. You could do that after as sort of doing it at the same time. But if you start to wear a barefoot shoe and you feel uncomfortable, then maybe the next day go back to your normal shoes or or even swap them out partway through the day or just wear them, you know, on the weekends and Mm -hmm. sort of build up slowly and don't be afraid to switch back and forth. I think that that's very okay. I mean, that's even advised to Mm -hmm. um, add in increments of time where you're slowly increasing that time. That's, that's my, that's what I usually recommend people to do. But some people will, instead of going straight for the barefoot shoe, they'll kind of go for what's called a transition shoe. And then they're not swapping out their shoes and they can usually wear it for the whole day. Uh, So some people really like that. It also has more cushion, those transition barefoot shoes. So it can be more comfortable and people like to be comfortable. The one thing about that, though, is that when you don't have those thin soles, you're not getting as much feedback from your environment. So it's not quite as impactful. It doesn't change your walking as much. It it doesn't quite do the whole experience for you. So you can, you can get the benefits of the zero drop sole and the foot shaped toe box from a 
quote unquote transitional shoe, but you're not going to get that sensory feedback that, that can really help your gait and, and, and your, your uh, posture and your mobility and all that. But uh, if you're coming from pain and injury, or you have really, really sensitive feet, then I think that that's a good way to go. I kind of did both actually. So I had a pair of ultras, ultra running shoes, or it's a pretty well-known brand and they have quite thick soles. They're more like traditional thickness, Mm -hmm. but they're zero drop, which just means totally flat. And they have an anatomical toe box. And for me, it was just the perfect starting shoe because my toes were in a lot of pain and that space in the toe box, like really brought me a lot of relief, but it, it was, it was, both like psychologically and also physically a lot for me to go to a thin sole, just with the state I was in, I was pretty weak and the skin on the bottom of my feet was really thin. And, Mm -hmm. and so it was a good starting point for me. And then my next shoe was a Vivo barefoot shoe, which is very, very thin. There's no cushion at all. And I, it was quite a lot. Like I, like my feet were hurting uh, on walks on the pavement And so another option that you could do is add an insole to a shoe like a Vivo Barefoot. So I got an insole from a company called the North Sole and they're, they're barefoot friendly. So they're zero drop. They're still fairly thin. They're flexible, but it adds cushion. Mm -hmm. So shock absorption and just like a little bit of protection from the ground. And so I actually swapped that out and put that in my Vivo Barefoot shoes and it really made a really big difference for me. So that kind of bridged the gap between the thick ultra mm-hmm. and the really, really thin Vivo barefoot. And then yeah. coupling that with the exercises and the barefoot walking. And then, you know, now today I'm really comfortable in the thin soles and comfortable going barefoot and, and all of that. I like that because I feel like there's so many now that I like kind of have knowledge of this I'm I, I'm like constantly looking at people's shoes so I'm like out and about and I'm like wow like running shoes and like any type of activity shoes have such thick soles right now mm-hmm. so to go from that like where you've got like an inch and a half under you to having less could be mm-hmm. scary and intimidating so I like that there's options to kind of make that make that a little bit easier because you don't want to torture yourself. (laughs) No, you don't because, because pain is, you know, it's your brain telling you something and you know, your body doesn't want to be in pain. Like you got to respond to that. So please, you know, don't push yourself to that point, but it's also, I just want to impress that it's not a requirement to get all these extra gadgets and these transition shoes. If you want to just get one pair of shoes, then get them and just plan to wear them for short periods of time and slowly increase that time. Mm -hmm. And then you're not having to spend extra money and it's a little bit of an easier way to, to go about it for some people. So just, you know, it's options, right? You know, what, what's, what's your foot in the door is, is my thing because there's something, some way where you can improve your life in a way that works with your lifestyle. Yeah. I love that. So a question that I got a lot as well, were like, what if I have really flat feet or what if I have a high arch? Like, how do Mm -hmm. I handle finding a shoe like that? Yeah. So it's interesting. That comes up quite a bit. I had flat feet and people are really interested in how now I have an arch, but 
And that's exciting, right? You know, my foot went from weak and non-functional to strong and functioning. And that's like a, a good goal to have. But the arch is sort of not necessarily the best indication of function. So you can have a flat foot and, and be pain-free. And the important part is how your foot works, not how it looks. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are told that just because of the way it looks, they have to wear a certain type of shoe. And it's just, there's not really any research to support it. And it's in practice, you you probably don't have to have our support just because your foot presents as flat or as high arch. It can mean certain things. Like if you have flat feet, maybe strengthening is the thing for you to work on. If you have a really high arch, it might be mobility is the thing for you to work on. Maybe you're a little bit stiff and that's kind of pulling things up and you want to roll your foot out more and massage it. And then it will kind of be able to flatten out a little bit and, uh, and be better at absorbing shock. So it can indicate some things for you to work on, but it's not going to tell you what shoes you have to wear. Yeah. I feel like listening to that is just so much of like putting a bandaid on it, putting a cast on it. Like, yes, there are shoes out there that are going to make it feel good, but the problem still is there, whether it is, you know, like you said, the mobility or the stiffness. And that's crazy. It's like, that's how I felt in shoes for a really long time was like, I felt like I was like, just stuck. Like I have super wide feet and I would get normal shoes and they would pinch my toes together. Mm -hmm. My toes like that would be the first thing to break on every shoes. Like I would, my toes would start to stick out over the edge because I, I did have wide feet and I yeah. was embarrassed of them. Like you were talking about earlier, like in society, like in the narrow, cute toes. Like I did not have those. I have like little monkey feet. So <laughs> I was really ashamed of them. So I would shove them in these little shoes and I'd get them too small and like transitioning to a shoe which I just did a month ago, like finally got a shoe wide enough for my feet. And it like was mind blowing how Mm. good it can feel and like how supporting my foot as it is like, Oh, so nice. Yeah, totally. And that's a a really good point is that I don't want to scare people away by the transitioning thing because a lot of people put them on and it's amazing and it feels so good. And that's how I felt in my first pair of ultras is it was like, just my mind just exploded. Like how had I been hurting myself my whole life by pinching my toes? And it just felt so good to have that toe space. Yeah. And a lot of people, they feel that immediately, but where it gets a little harder is when you start walking in them all the time. And then you realize, Oh, I'm not used to using so much of my foot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, you get both, you know, it feels amazing at first. You feel so free, Um, but then you've got to realize, you realize that you have to build up that strength. Right. Um, I'd like to hear a little bit more about your story and how you got like involved in this because you built this beautiful platform and community online that is helping like thousands and thousands of people. (laughs) How did you, how did you start? So I started with my own injury and foot pain. Um, after, so while I was pregnant with my second child, I mean, really before then, right? These things brew for years, Uh, but I started having really bad foot pain and my big toe specifically was just really, really hurting. And after he was born, I went to the podiatrist and got put into the stiffest shoes you can imagine, basically orthopedic shoes. And, and I got a custom orthotic, which I actually had been wearing orthotics since I was a kid and, you know, arch support, but I had never had one custom made for my foot before. I just 
always wore the supportive shoes growing up. And uh, so I got a custom orthotic, which thank goodness insurance covered it because those can be so expensive and um, really expensive shoes that I was looking for. And I was buying them and returning them and buying them and returning them because everything felt so uncomfortable. And, uh, and I just was really struggling with the pain. I finally got to where I could sort of manage the pain, but then I couldn't ever go without my supportive shoes. So I, my strength just really went down as soon as I started wearing these shoes and I mm-hmm. was wearing them 100% of the time mm-hmm. inside. I couldn't, I couldn't ever go barefoot anymore. Oh. So it sort of helped the immediate sharp, you know, the, the like acute pain, mm-hmm. but then I had new problems and I started getting back pain and hip pain. And after a while I was like, this, this just doesn't seem right that I am young I'm overall healthy and I'm wearing orthopedic shoes 24 hours a day. Well, not while I'm sleeping, but you know, anytime I'm on my feet, I'm wearing like something that I would think like a 70 year old would wear. Mm -hmm. Like how, how did I, like how? (laughs) And uh, my friend recommended the book whole body barefoot by Katie Bowman to me, which is a really great read. If you want to sort of dig into strengthening and kind of the whole body implications and, and how to tackle it from that angle. Mm -hmm. And I, I was like, this makes so much sense that my feet have muscles and tendons and ligaments. Why can't I strengthen them? Like I would other parts of my body that Mm -hmm. are weak and underused. So I immediately started doing foot exercises and, um, trying to, expose my feet to different textures and things like that. And, uh, and that, that was really it. I was so sold on the idea. I mean, it makes so much intuitive sense. And I was like, I've tried everything else and none of it worked. So like, this is the, this is the last thing for me. And it did work. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You know, like the only thing left, it's like the only way out is through (laughs) <laughs> like I, I can't put band-aids on anymore. Like right. I could, I, I was the, the next steps was steroid injections and surgery. And I was like, well, I could do that, but the band-aids I've been applying haven't worked. They've made me worse. So I'm, I'm ready now to do the actual leg work. And it really was from the ground up because I was injured for, it was about a year and a half where I was in a lot of pain and really struggled with walking and mobility. I was really not moving much at all during the day because I was in a lot of pain. Um, and at that point, you know, you don't move, your muscles get weaker. So it was sort of this compounding cycle of, I was in pain, so I moved less and then I got weaker. So then it hurt more to be active. And so then I moved less and then I got weaker. And, uh, so when I was decided to take this path, I couldn't just go barefoot. Like it just wasn't an option Mm -hmm. for me. I couldn't just suddenly wear barefoot shoes a hundred percent of the time. I really had to do the strength work and take it slow and, and build up both, you know, mentally the confidence and also physically get, get those things in place. And, uh, as I was going through this and thinking about my future, with shoes and realizing that 
this was such a traumatic thing I had gone through that I didn't ever want to go through this again. I was just going to wear white toe box shoes the rest of my life. That was kind of like in my mind, I was like, this is like a real change like that I've been forced into. And I'm looking for options besides sneakers. And there wasn't really very much at all at the time. Mm -hmm. So I started doing this internet research, trying to find anatomically shaped or wide toe box options, or even like shoemakers who would be willing to make them for me. And um, I was able to find some things that were cute or that worked for, for dressy occasions or for work or for winter. And uh, I was in a couple online groups for minimalist shoes. And so I was sharing what I had found and realized, gosh, there's nothing really out there that's talking about this in a big way. So I was encouraged by some friends and family, oh, you just start a blog. And so I did. And it immediately filled a need, I guess, you know, there was a space for it online and it hadn't been talked about yet in that way. So I started compiling these resources for how to find minimalist shoes or foot-shaped shoes for different categories and in different price ranges and for kids. And it just sort of grew from there. Yeah. And then over the years, we've seen this amazing growth in options. So it's made my job a lot easier because now... <laughs> Now it's really easy to point to what's available because there's so much more. And yeah, that, that's sort of how it, it went. And it just grew from there to my website today, which covers a lot of different styles of shoes, different, you know, men's, women's, kids, winter, summer, dressy, casual, athletic. There's just so many options now. So it's really fun. Yeah, there are a lot. I remember like seeing people wear like the toe shoes. I don't know what mm -hmm. they're called, but yeah. like that was like when I was in high school. So like over 10 years ago and that was like the first time I had ever seen anything like that. And it was like, honestly, like weirdos that wore those. <laughs> and then like slowly you start to see like, okay, now they have like really cute shoes. I just got a pair of white leather sneakers and they're adorable. And yeah. I'm like, this is nice. I can wear that. Like I'm not willing to sacrifice my lack of fashion but my fashion to wear <laughs> weird shoes like now yeah. I totally would I'm confident in who I am but I wouldn't have been so it is really nice that they have like cute sandals that look just like any other sandals I love looking at your comparisons when you on Instagram you'll put like the same looking shoe but one is good and supportive and the other one is like a prison for your toes <laughs> um so I love that um when um, choosing like shoes and you're starting to do this, what are like the staple, like what would be the first shoe that you would suggest just a normal tennis shoe or a sandal, or does it depend on person to person? Yeah, it definitely depends because everybody wears different shoes, you know? So okay. if you hate sneakers, then don't buy a pair of sneakers for your first pair of barefoot shoes. Like that's, yeah. I'm not, I don't really like to wear athletic style shoes unless I'm exercising. Okay. I don't wear them to the store or things like that, which I know a lot of people do love that, but that's not my style. So I'm not going to have that be my first pair of shoes because I'm not going to enjoy it. Yeah. So I think finding something that you like that fits into your lifestyle, your style. So it's easier for you to grab them and mm -hmm. put them on is, is what I recommend going with. Okay. So going by category first is, is my first suggestion. 
And then after that, considering soul thickness, because that's a pretty big uh, part of the transition. So like for you, you had been doing a lot of work already going on barefoot walks. So you're, you can be fairly confident that you could go with a thin soled shoe. Mm-hmm. But if you were someone like me, who's coming from a history of injury, you're not at all. I mean, obviously me in the past, not today, but yeah. um, if you were someone like me when I first started um, and you would be someone who would look more at a thicker soled shoe that's meets the other requirements, mm-hmm. but has a little bit more cushion. That's probably a, a easier entry point. So that's, those are the first, those are the things that I recommend starting with is a style that you will wear Mm -hmm. and then considering a thickness that matches kind of where you're at. Okay. Now I want to switch gears a little bit because a lot of my platform is moms. Um, so how I know like baby shoes are really talked about making sure you get a good first Mm -hmm. walker shoe and things like that. And I think somewhere along the line, it go, you just kind of start buying the shoes at any store for your kid. You no longer care about it, which how can you not only with shoes, but in other ways support the development of your tiny kid's feet? Yeah, that's a really great. I love to talk about this because it's so interesting how, like you mentioned, when we're talking about baby shoes, a baby shoe typically, I mean, not all, but a lot of them are extremely flexible. They're very thin and soft and they, they don't squish the toes. And we, we know that a baby can't learn to walk in a stiff, chunky shoe. We, we see it. Mm-hmm. We know firsthand that, you know, they're struggling to walk in their shoes. You take them off and suddenly they can walk again. And that experience to me can be applied throughout our lives where we move better, we feel the ground, we're more comfortable in those same types of shoes, even after we've learned to walk. Like we may be able to actually walk in the chunky soles, but we really would benefit from the same types of shoes that babies wear. Mm -hmm. So once kids start getting older, there's this really big change once they get to be school-aged. And then suddenly it's about support and it's about heels and cushion and thick soles. And part of that is because of the playing and, and, you know, needing a little bit more durability, but you really can combine the features so that you're getting the important things for foot development, the flexible sole so that the foot can move the wide toe box so that the toes can lay flat and spread out the zero drop sole, which is mimics being barefoot instead of adding a heel, which will shorten your calves and your hamstrings and, you know, throw off your alignment. You can get all of that in a shoe that has a better sole for playing on the playground or is warm for winter, waterproof. Um, So I do have a lot of articles on my favorite options. There's a a, a good range of prices. So some of them are more affordable. It is a little bit harder to find cheap ones just because kids' shoes that aren't mass-produced, like a lot of the other brands that we're used to buying, they can be cheaper because they're mass produced, but barefoot shoes usually aren't, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're small businesses. So sometimes the cost can be a little bit uh, hard for parents to swallow, which I get, you know, I was buying shoes for my kids and I was like, ah, I want to find something cheaper. Mm-hmm. But over the years, there've been more brands. There are some affordable brands that are in like the 30, $40 range for kids that are just so much more functional for their mm-hmm. feet and mimicking a natural environment and they're also can be played in 
and are durable. Like splay athletics is one that I really like for my kids. Um, we really like Vivo Barefoot, but they are a little bit on the more expensive side, but they're really durable. And um, they've got some that are good for hiking and sports. So that's nice if you have older kids that are um, playing sports mm-hmm. and they've got uniform shoes. And so those are just a couple brands, but there's, there's a lot of options now, thankfully. And um, yeah, I just, I really think that kids are kind of the easiest way. They don't need a transition most of the time. Um, You know, for them, it's, it's not a big change because they're young enough. They're, they remember their bodies still remember being barefoot most of the time when they were babies and toddlers. And it just can prevent so many issues down the road. Yeah. What are some suggest- suggestions in terms of like allowing kids to be barefoot, um, like being outside barefoot? Like how mm-hmm. can you protect them? Because I know that's a huge concern for parents is like they're going to step on something sharp or like I can't protect them if they don't have shoes on. Is your suggestion to do barefoot shoes or provide like, I don't know, dig through the grass, make sure there's nothing sharp before letting them play? Like how do you navigate that? So I'm pretty lenient with my kids being barefoot. Um, I understand the fears. Um, I also, there are some environments where I wouldn't, you know, like if we're around a campfire, like shoes are a requirement, you know, mm-hmm. it's not safe. Uh, things like that, where I have lines where I require shoes, but I, I try to um, not be too afraid of them being barefoot because I do believe that a lot of the fears are overblown. Um, you know, we, we wash our feet when we come in, uh, or we try to, my kids in the summertime often don't until the end of the day. So they traipse through, uh, but, um, but like stepping on things, we've stepped on things. We've had a few small cuts and things, um, but they just feel minor in comparison with the benefits. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of, uh, populations in the world are barefoot for most of their lives and their the skin on the bottom of their feet gets thick and calloused and it's not going to you know split in half anytime you step on a twig because it's a, a little bit more durable kind of like you get calluses on your hands when you use your hands a lot you can get the same thing on your feet and um so yeah i i do encourage as is comfortable for you as a parent you know try to push that a little bit and and let them explore and let them feel the world with their feet. And, and yeah, that's sort of my take on it. I like that too. Cause I was thinking to myself like, Oh, should they be doing like toe exercises, but like being barefoot and running around like kids do like, just mm-hmm. like they don't need exercise. That is their exercise. That right. is their, their support. That's awesome. Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit, um, about like where, people can find more information about you, but also like you have an amazing website that like helped me so much find my own shoes and for my daughter. So can you talk about like a little bit of the interaction on your website? Yeah. So my main site is anyasreviews.com and that can take you to a lot of the resources. There's a lot of them. So sometimes people feel a little overwhelmed. I recommend just like pick one article, read it, let it digest it, you know, come back to it another day. Um, but that's the main website with the, all the reviews and a lot of educational articles and lists by category. You can filter by age and by style to get individual reviews or by affordable or vegan or, you know, different things like that mm-hmm. to sort of hear what I've written about in that 
category. Mm-hmm. Um, you also can, from there, can head to barefootshoefinder.com, which is a different way of sifting through the information. There's a quiz, so you can enter your location, your size, the size you're looking for, the foot type. So if your child or you has a really wide foot or a narrow foot or or a really high volume foot, like you have a really high arch or you have a really low arch, you can enter that information in the quiz and get matched up with brands that meet your requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an, another way to sort of get some, get your mind, you know, flowing with some yeah. ideas of different places that you could potentially shop. Yeah. Um, and then you also can head to my own retail store, which is Anya's shop. And that's just a small selection of brands. I mean, it's not so small. It's we've, we've got quite a few brands, but we don't carry everything. On my website, I cover all the brands all over the world. And then we've just sort of curated some of my favorites that weren't so readily available in the US and we imported them to sort of increase the accessibility. So some of those um, beautiful European brands that if you're here in America, can be a little bit intimidating or expensive to purchase. We've brought them here. Um, so that's kind of fun and more options um, available around the world. So that's, that's where you get started. I also have a Facebook group that a lot of people like to hang out in because you can talk with other people who are starting out or who are really experienced and get some suggestions. That community group is called Barefoot Style on Facebook. So those are the main resources. Um, I also have a newsletter that I send out weekly with some tips and, um, you know, sales and what's new and that sort of thing. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot to consume, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you kind of just pick the thing that works for you and go with it. And yeah, that's awesome. I, I used the shoe finder, the barefoot shoe finder, and it was like the coolest thing ever. I had no idea that there were so many options out there. I, quite honestly thought I was limited to like toe shoes and like was overwhelmed with the amount of options and finding one that was like perfect for me, like exactly what I was looking for. So I used it and it was very helpful. Um, (laughs) What would be your, I guess, number one recommendation for somebody who's listening to this podcast and is like, okay, I want to make my feet healthier. Mm -hmm. I think that if you did only one thing, it would be to walk barefoot outside more. Um, that would be, that's like my baseline, you know, experience it, feel it, the freedom, get the nerves talking. And that's like just such a great way to start. And it doesn't mean you have to go out and walk a mile, you know, Mm -hmm. you could just do short periods of time, wander around in the grass in your backyard. That's really the best starting point. And then the foot exercises. Like I, it's so simple and, you know, it's like almost too easy. Like, like it's like not satisfying, <laughs> but it's just the best way to get started. Yeah. Um, because it might take you some time to pick out a pair of shoes, but you can start today with the foot health and improving your foot health. And even if you never change your shoes and all you do is that you walk barefoot more and you do foot exercises and lower, lower leg exercises, you're going to get benefit from that. Even Mm -hmm. if you never change your shoes, I recommend you consider, you know, looking at your shoes and and you might find some amazing things, amazing options that you really love. But if you're not willing to even consider that it's free 
it's accessible. It doesn't really even add time to your life. You just take your shoes off during a time when you would be wearing them or you're watching TV or like right now I could be doing lifting and spreading my toes while I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's available to people and it's going to make a, a difference in your yeah. life. It, it doesn't change things overnight, but over time, a huge difference. I've heard it just so many times. I lived it myself, mm-hmm. but I hear it from people all the time who they start doing the toe exercises. And then six months later, they're like, oh my gosh, I just realized like, you know, this symptom went away or this thing happened or my feet don't hurt at the end of the day anymore. It's really cool, but it's just, it's small incremental growth over time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you look back and it's like, wow, that really, that really made a difference in my life. That's amazing. And it, it it's like you said, a difference in your life. It's not just your feet. It's your whole health, your whole body. Mm-hmm. It's the foundation of everything. So if you can support support your feet, you're supporting all of it, which is awesome. Um, thank you so much. That was so awesome and so helpful and hopefully really eye-opening for so many people and moms. And hopefully that will help support a generation of little feet, healthy little feet. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I'm excited to have the opportunity to share. And I just hope that, yeah, that people realize that there's a place where they can insert themselves and they can start to see the benefit, whether it's immediately for them or for their kids or, and yeah, I'm just excited to see the future and how, how things will play out as people start talking about this more. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. I really hope that you guys enjoyed it and it opened your eyes or encouraged you to take care of yourself a little bit more or maybe make the jump into the barefoot shoe world. Um, If you want to stay up to date on everything happening with Jessica Hazeman, as well as my family, new products, new guests on the podcast, make sure to head to jessicahazeman.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We'll see you next time.